stem cell therapy is very powerful. It, it can give hope to people previously having no hope. You're putting young, healthy stem cells and you're giving the young, healthier signals and you're calming inflammation, you're changing the immune system, the environment, and on top of that, it does all kinds of other fun things like breaking down scar tissue, right. promoting vascular formations. If you or your loved ones or your patients have a surgical procedure that should knock them out for five weeks, imagine if instead of being down for five weeks, imagine if they're down for five days and you have the opportunity to learn how to do that and give that gift of healing to your patients. Welcome to the Dr. Joy Kong podcast. This is where I have a chance to share with you some of the latest developments in the space of holistic health, longevity, and wellness. I have always honored intellectual curiosity and scientific rigor combined with real world practicality. My goal is that what you learn here will help you live longer and live better. Hope you enjoy the journey with me. So you may be a medical provider who have heard a lot about stem cells. Your patients may have asked you about it, but you're not sure exactly how to go about it. Um, what are the parameters of what you can do and cannot do? And what kind of cells can you use? What do they do to people? And what kind of condition can it help? And how to do it? What to use? Um, and just the nitty gritties of uh, how to perform the treatment. So if you're interested in that, then that's what we're going to cover today. And hopefully you will find this very informative and that will give you some kind of guidance and direction on going forward. I'm so happy to be here and grateful for Dr. Joy Kong sitting with me and for all of you, anyone else out there who wants to learn how they can get involved in the world of stem cells and how we can learn how to be involved. So not just tell you about the stem cells, but tell you how you can be a practitioner who is giving stem cells to people as well. Yes, um, I do a lot of education for physicians. So, um, you know, speaking at conferences, but also I do mentorship programs where doctors can come into the clinic and get in-depth training with me. But, you know, in addition, of course, stem cells will not be successful if the cells are not good themselves. So that's <laughs> why I started a stem cell company to make okay. sure that whatever cells that doctors are using are actually of high quality and are backed by science that includes the most number of components that can work synergistically together. So instead of just targeting one cell type, I wanna make sure it includes different cell types because we know that they can work together and exert benefits from different angles, but they can also help each other survive. So that's why you know the product I think it's a big part of success. Right, and so when she's talking about the product, so one component of any successful clinical practice for any physician, you wanna know what you're giving to your patients and you wanna know why you're giving it and you wanna know how to give it. And when, when I was in medical school and residency training, we didn't have the opportunity to learn about this. When I was in school, I had an incredible education an incredible experience with my residency program and in addition I have had the opportunity to learn about this regenerative medicine 
and these modern medical advancements that have been made in terms of what kind of therapies are out there. Now. Well, that's all after residency, and, and that's you know, all that's after, not taught in yeah. the med school and, residency. And so, for any of you out there who, if if you were just learning and hearing about this, and you want to learn more, and you know you're a physician, you have an MD and or a DO, and you're wanting to learn a little bit more and how you can apply it to your clinical practice, this is where you can start. You have to start with a good product, and then you have to start with a good teacher. And as far as for, you know, for everybody out there, um, what do you think when people are, you know, physicians, you know, running clinics, when they hear stem cells, what opportunity for healing and what opportunity for clinical applications do you think your stem cells can help people out there? Well, first of all, I think stem cell therapy is still at infancy. So um, to think that what I'm doing, what I'm offering is the end-all be-all, I think will be extremely arrogant. Um, also, just from clinical experience from around the world, um, we've seen some incredible results, but it's not always amazing. Um, I would love to see 100% improvement in everybody, but that's not the case, and different conditions improve at different rates. So I just want to put that out there, that to, to think that stem cell therapy is a miracle, that will be very misleading, uh, but stem cell therapy is very powerful. It, it can give hope to people previously having no hope, because traditional medical, conventional education and the whole medical approach is very reactionary and disease-oriented, and it doesn't address why diseases are happening, which is why for chronic conditions, the results are fairly pathetic, you know, if I may be blunt. So in those cases, such as conditions of, um, you know, declining organs, including heart failure, kidney failure, liver cirrhosis, COPD, um, or other, you know, various uh, autoimmune conditions, all these chronic diabetes, all these chronic diseases, the Western medical approach has been fairly ineffective, which is why I do not want to be a practitioner of, of that type of medicine. Yes, if somebody is in dire needs and about, is about to, you know, head to rapid decline, you can use medicine to prevent them from dying or declining rapidly. You can kind of hold them back a little bit. But fundamentally, you're keeping people on drugs after drugs. And as you can see in any primary care offices or where I was trained at the VA hospital, every veteran will come to the clinic with a bag of medications, at least 10, if not 25, 30 medications, right? That's your experience too. Right. Everybody has a bag. And your body, you're not deficient in those medications, right? You're deficient in minerals, in amino acids, in earth, earth frequencies, and you're toxic. So just by pounding your body with all these things doesn't mean that it's going to bring about healing. So, so that's laying aside. The, the thing about stem cell therapy that's so revolutionary is that you're addressing the causes down to the level of the molecular. I mean, down to the DNA level, actually. Um, you're bringing in healthier cells. That's if you use cells that are very young instead of using your own cells because your own cells could be carrying all the toxins that you've accumulated your whole life, the oxidative damages by just living your life, 
which causes a free radical uh, production that can damage your cells and your DNA, or genetic defects. So some autoimmune diseases are considered stem cell diseases. So these people may have cells that are, are defective, which is why eventually they're developing these diseases. So to use their own cells to try to heal their own disease sometimes doesn't work. Sometimes it does. If you're, you're you know, wiping out some disease cells and then you're repopulating with the cells that are a little younger, a little bit younger, possibly, you know, from the same person. But it's not going to be as if, if effective and powerful as using younger, healthier sources, like from the birth tissue. So the birth tissue is the best source because out of all the, the powerful sources, which are the young cells, is actually the most ethical, right? So right. we can't use the baby stem cells, but the umbilical cord stem cells are actually younger than the baby stem cells. So let's say the baby's born, here's the cord, right? The baby attached to the cord, the cord is actually has younger cells than the baby because when the embryo was forming, the, these, there are all these cells that are trapped in the umbilical cord. So the baby may be growing and differentiating, developing, but the cord, the cells in the cord have maintained their own properties. These cells actually is in between the embryonic stem cells and the baby stem cells. Usually the umbilical cord and placenta are tossed after birth, right? Uh, is, is considered biological waste until now we understand about stem cells. Now we can ask the mother, you know, would you be willing to donate the cells so, or donate the, the tissue so we can extract cells from it. Um, this is a fairly recent phenomenon. Um, so, so the source from the umbilical cord is, is you know, potent because it's so young, it's younger than, than the day zero old baby's cells, but it's differentiated enough that it doesn't have the potential like the embryonic stem cells right. to cause uncontrolled growth. So this is a safe source, but also potent, potent source. So when you utilize that kind of intelligence, let's say chronic disease, I was talking about Western medicine, chronic disease and how in ineffective it is. So what's causing chronic disease, right? Inflammation. That's the, that's a big, that's big the push there. for all chronic illnesses and mm -hmm. aging process in, uh, on its own. And aging is the biggest predictive factor of chronic illnesses. So they, they come hand in hand. So these stem cells have the capability to calm inflammation in the body. They also can regulate your immune system to modulate it to the point where if your immune system is too weak, it's going to make it stronger. If your immune system is overactive, it's attacking itself, then it can calm it down. So then you're really addressing issues from the fundamental level, level, right? You're putting young, healthy stem cells and you're giving the young, healthier signals and you're calming the inflammation, you're changing the immune system, the environment, and on top of that, it does all kinds of other fun things like breaking down scar tissue, right. promoting vascular formations, you're getting new blood vessels, so, so like musculoskeletal, tissue. So for musculoskeletal issues, we talked a little bit about all these chronic inflammatory and potentially autoimmune conditions. Can you maybe go into what are your thoughts with, you know, like say people have a knee injury they've had for a while or hip or something. Is that something in your experience? Yeah, of course, that's kind of the bread and butter of stem cell therapy that uh, when people inject stem cells to certain areas because of the anti-inflammatory benefits, 
because of how it can modulate the immune system, even in, in the local area, it can help. And then it can attract different cells because your immune system ultimately is the place, it is the source for repair and regeneration, right? You need all these cells, all these white blood cells to come in and break down, drag away waste, and allowing new tissues to form. So, so the stem cells can go in and allow that process to happen. Because a lot of times when you have tissue injury, the reason it's not getting better is because it stays inflamed. So then you have the pain, swelling, you know, all this discomfort is because it's not healing, it's not shifting, it's not shifting its gear to regeneration. It's stuck in inflammation. Right. So stem cells can go in basically making that shift, calm the inflammation so regeneration can happen. And of course, I was talking about the different ways the stem cells work. In one, one way is to break down the scar tissue and promote vascular, you know, uh, tissue, basically blood supply, you know, allowing more blood supply to happen. And um, it can also donate mitochondria. So fresh new mitochondria can get into, you know, the cells of the recipient and end up, you know, elevating your cellular energy. Um, and it can rescue cells that don't have to die, but it can kill off cells that doesn't belong, the senescent cells and the cancerous cells. So it has all these multiple layers function. Tell me one drug that can do that, right? So we are, we have reached this new age of medicine where we can harness intelligence that made us and use that to heal ourselves. So this is a fundamental shift of concept, right? We're not just trying to develop a molecule that can do all these things. And whoops, we developed a molecule, it can do A, B, and C, but it also does, you know, X, Y, Z, which is terrible for the body. Well, we didn't realize that, but we're targeting on what it can do, but we didn't realize it can do all these other things. So that's a not the system approach. That's a linear approach. It's wonderful, it has gotten us to this far, gotten science to this far, but human species, we need to evolve right? We're probably going to be here for a long time, I hope. But, you know, evolution needs to happen. You know, that kind of Western scientific thinking has gotten us very far, although some will argue maybe not the best place, um, considering how much depression and anxiety there is in the population. But it has gotten us to a very interesting place where we are making credible strides uh, in our lives and, you know, into space and, you know, understanding you know, many forms of lives, but um, we need to utilize a system approach. And that's when you can respect that when a complex system is existing, like the human body, everything is doing its own thing, but they're all interacting with everything else. So let's say you have a brain and then, you know, and then you have a heart. So you don't think something in the heart is not affecting your brain or what's going on with your brain is not affecting your heart. That's very naive. So you start reading, you start looking at scientific publications, and then you realize, oh, I guess they are connected. So do all organs. They're all connected. Imagine how many organs we have in our body, and they're all interconnected. So just to use a singular, this linear approach, it's just not going to work. It hasn't worked very well. It's worked great for acute care, right, for trauma, right for acute infection, amazing, I love it. You know, thank God, right? We love it, it has saved lives. 
And we all need it. We all want that to be, you know, in our back pocket. But unfortunately for everything else, which is the majority of the illnesses that humans are suffering from now, uh, it's just not enough. So stem cells can come in bringing its own intelligence. So I talked about even making changes in the DNA level because the cells actually will secrete these exosomes, right? These little packets of growth factors and, and, and cytokines and all this information and also contain microRNA. So these little pieces of RNA can cross cell nucleus and actually repair your DNA, make some modifications and um, you know some, some repair and rejuvenation. So it can produce this long lasting effect. And, and that's profound, right? I think we're still just in the, you know, in the beginning of understanding exactly how these cells work, what they can do. But there are, I think in the near future, hopefully, that there will be you know, other types of stem cells we can utilize. Um, other ways of talking to these natural intelligence agents. So um, yeah, so that just, that just you know, kind of my thoughts on you know, why stem cell therapy is so exciting. If the powers to be are allowing people like me, people like you know Dr. Gillian Water, who really care about the well-being of the patient, who really wants to heal them and, and relieve their suffering, allow us to use these therapies to relieve sufferings. If they just let it be, then we can make tremendous strides. So many people who are dying earlier. They don't have to die. I've seen too many people die without needing to or suffering chronically year after year. They don't have to. So if there's a more nurturing environment that allow this kind of therapies to be available, then the world would just be a much happier place, you know, period. And people would be healed faster too. The opportunity for stem cells in addition to all of this, one of the other things that I just think is incredible and that I didn't know in medical school and in residency training, you can help people recover faster. So imagine if you have patients or if you or your loved ones need to get a surgery, but you're worried about downtime afterwards. One of the biggest benefits as well, I think is you're decreasing the downtime and the decreasing the amount of time needed for recovery after some of these things. Imagine if people could go back to work earlier. Imagine if you could go back to work earlier. Imagine if your mom or dad or your loved one needed the surgery and they just couldn't afford to take five or six weeks off of work and they pushed off this surgery that could have alleviated their suffering. You now have an opportunity, thanks to people and pioneers in this field who are making all of these strides, you have an opportunity to help them heal with these amazing, incredible, really, really effective stem cell therapy options. And something that I think just was a question for me, because again, I didn't learn a lot about this when I was in medical school or in residency. And as a physician, I was just curious when I heard about stem cells, you know, if it's able to do all of these things with the healing and it's able to do the rejuvenation, something I was just curious in my mind. So if you could just maybe just touch on just a little bit for the for the science person in, in me, why does it, you know, if it's coming from this source, two things. Uh, one, it's extraordinarily ethical, and I'm a pediatrician, just to give you my background. So 
there is only ethically sourced birth tissue derived stem cells coming from Dr. Kong. <laughs> and I say that as someone who has cared for children for over a decade now. And I think that that is very important to point out. So these are not embryos or embryonic cells. So very specifically, I will say, just so everyone can hear from a pediatrician who trusts and believes and knows the ethical source of these stem cells, these stem cells are not from embryos, not from babies or fetuses. These are derived from birth tissue, from the placenta, from the umbilical cord, and from the Wharton's jelly. So for those of you out there curious, hear me when I say that. The other thing I just think is just, I'd love to hear you touch on because of your extensive clinical research that you've done in this area. For everyone that you know out there who's curious, why, if it's coming from an outside source, these cells, why does the recipient not have a host response? That's the beauty of stem cells, right? They're so young, they're so early in the process that they haven't been able to express the surface markers that manifest who they, you know, the full spectrum of their DNA, basically. So they don't have any markers that's specific to that person. So in a sense, it's fairly blank. Um, so we all know about HLA markers. So there's type one and type two. So it has the, if I remember correctly, I think it has the type one uh, because that distinguishes human from animals, but it doesn't have the type two. That's the interpersonal, you know, the differences between okay. each person. So, so it's good that, you know, if, if it's, you know, the markers shows that you are a human cell, that's good, right? I didn't so body, a human cell. So your body's not going to reject it. It's not going <laughs> right. to say, oh, this is not human, so let's get rid of it. So it's fairly blank. And what's fascinating is that these young cells, so they're stem cells, um, when they get into the body, when they're very, very young, they have a better capability of adapting to the host body and living there. So one example is... If you have, uh, if you try to do bone marrow transplant, so between two adults, right? You extract okay. bone marrow from one mm -hmm. person, you get the cells, and then you put it into the other person. If Even if they're perfectly matched, there is still a chance of rejection. Right. But if you use umbilical core blood, the blood core blood composition is very similar to the bone marrow. So, but when it's from the umbilical cord, you use the core blood, completely unmatched, very, very little chance of rejection. So this is unmatched. That shows you the difference between, you know, something that's grown, and even though, even though, they, even though they're still stem cells, but they have expressed a lot more and there's a chance of rejection. Okay. Whereas, whereas from core blood, unmatched, somehow the cells are able to adapt to your environment okay. better and not cause reaction rejection um, is, is, is fascinating. So it's like these young cells, when they get into a new body, um, they, you know, there's, it's easier for the young, younger ones to adapt. It's like, you know, they can be coached. So, um, and besides that, the mesenchymal stem cell content, which is important because, you know, there are all kinds of stem cells, you know, before they become the final 
tissue-specific stem cells, which are still stem cells, but they're more differentiated. Um, they're all stem cells. So from embryonic stem cell all the way while they keep dividing, dividing, growing, and until the final organ-specific stem cells, they're all stem cells. But they're different types, right? Some are forming blood, like the, uh, the hematopoietic progenitor cells. Mm -hmm. Some are forming potentially um, cartilage fat. You know, that's supposed to be the mesenchymal stem cell lineage, even though mesenchymal stem cells do so much more than forming, you know, bone, cartilage, and fat and, and muscle. The mesenchymal stem cells have this overall communication capability with the entire body. That's why Dr. Kaplan, who discovered mesenchymal stem cells, now he's regretting and he's telling everybody he is renaming them medicinal, <laughs> medicinal signaling cells. So he's tirelessly trying to tell everybody, no, these are not, you know, don't call it mesenchymal stem cells, they're medicinal signaling cells. So that just shows you how, you know, prominent this feature is. That the it, potential. It, yeah, the potential is to signal the, the body. And, and these cells are capable of calming your immune system. They call it immune privileged. So when these cells go into another body, even if it's... Um, from, from another person, right, an adult person, which has more chance for rejection. But even that, it tends to, the, the host tends to tolerate it very well. Wow. So the mesenchymal stem cells calms the immune system, and it can even be used for organ transplantation to prevent rejection. So because oh. they have this capabilities, uh, capability to calm the immune system. So when you have younger cells, and they're, they're rich in mesenchymal stem cells, then you're really, you know, having this advantage of evading any potential rejection. Okay. Um, but, you know, but if you're using cells that are low in mesenchymal stem cell content, you're running into more potential for rejection uh, because of the specific properties of mesenchymal stem cells. Unfortunately, um, you know, I know researchers, you know, they're still doing, you know, great research, important research, but they're using, a lot of them are only using core blood products. So there's more potential for rejection because they have okay. very little 0.001 to 0.1%. That's the concentration in the blood, but they could concentrate a little bit more, but it, it can't get to more than 1%. So they have very few mesenchymal stem cells, which is why the core blood treatment, you know, can still potentially cause some, some issues um, with some people. Um, so that's, that's why they tend to pre-medicate people. Okay. Yeah, because of the various, you know, components. Okay. Thank you so much. And then one of the other things just to touch on that I thought was really interesting, because again, we're all learning here, right? So in comparison, one of the distinguishing factors since this mesenchymal stem cell component, the percentage per cc of stem cells, when you're looking at what types of, you know, for those of you out there trying to figure out what type of stem cell should I offer in my clinic? What do I want to look at? One of the questions that you'd like to ask is one, where's the source? And number two, what is the component percentage per cc of the MSCs, the mesenchymal stem cell component? And with Dr. Kong's very, very unique stem cells, they're from birth tissue derived, they're from the umbilical cord, the placenta, and Morton's jelly, ethically sourced, not from an embryo, not from a fetus, and the percentage of mesenchymal stem cells is 20% per cc. 
anybody else, if you go out and to, you know, look at other companies and ask these questions, do your own research by all means, ask them what their percentage is. And more often than not, you're going to hear other companies talking about how per CC, they have less than 1%. So I just want to clarify. So when companies provide stem cell product, either you know from the, the early birth tissue source, either they're using umbilical cord blood or core tissue. You know, Wharton's jelly is part of the core tissue. That's what makes up the majority of the core tissue. So, so these are the two main types. You know, some are using amniotic membrane, but anyhow, they're all a little, little different. So the mesenchymal stem cells in each component are a little bit different, um, even if they're all considered mesenchymal stem cells. But from all these different sources, if it's just core blood product, then you're going to be looking at, you know, what's the percentage of your mesenchymal stem cells. It's not, it can be very high uh, because the core blood, it just, no matter how, how you squeeze it, right, there's only, only, <laughs> when it's those, by itself, there's only, only. only a few of them. So right. they're just not going to get that many. Um, if you're using core tissue product, um, just make sure that they're actually native cells, that they haven't been expanded. Um, wow. I know there are companies are, that are doing expanded cells. Right now, it's still hard to control these cells when you grow them in, in a culture. So they could start to differentiate. And when you put a bunch of cells and you let them grow, you, you know, give them things, nutrients, and let them grow, a lot of times they don't divide into two identical copies, right? So it's not like one stem cell make two new stem cells and those two will make another, you know, so make four. So it's not quite like that because they often divide into one copy of itself and then another copy of the daughter cells, which are a little bit different, a little bit differentiated. So then you can imagine then this one cell, that's a stem cell, would divide into one stem cell and daughter cell. And then this daughter cell would divide into daughter cell and daughter cell. So if you have a whole bunch, you know, letting them divide, you can end up with lots of these differentiated cells. Um, unless you check carefully and look at their genetic expression, on the surface, they all look like small cells. So a company can easily count and say, oh, all these are mesenchymal stem cells because they look still like mesenchymal stem cells. And they may check a few surface markers, but if you don't check their genetic expression, then you don't know how far they have differentiated. And then you're losing the potency of the cells and you also have the potential for rejection because you're growing the cells out, outside of the body. If you let the cells grow inside the body, the cells have a tendency to adapt. But if you just, just let them to grow outside the cell, uh, outside the body, and they start to differentiate, and they're not stem cells anymore, they start to express their own surface markers. Remember, MSCs are immune privileged, but not the daughter cells. So then you can have these side effects, and they're not as potent because they're no longer stem cells. Okay, so that's the third component then to look into when you're learning about this new therapeutic modality of stem cells is the expansion of the cells or not. You want to know how many million of cells is one of the, you know, title and it's one of the phrases where companies will say when they're describing their stem cell product, they'll say how many million cells per cc their product gives. And so this is that third component. And very specifically, the composition of those millions of cells, it's if you have one million cells and their original stem cell line, and they have not been expanded, which is the case with all of 
Dr. Kong's stem cell products, unexpanded cells, that is a true count of million of cells, how many million of cells per cc. Very specifically, if the cells have been expanded, meaning scientists in a lab took the stem cell source, the original source, and in a petri dish, they expand and have those cells multiply in order to increase the number of millions of cells they're going to offer, that's not necessarily the same composition as when you have an original source of the stem cell line. So there's three things that you can look at. Well, we also need to realize that um, there are companies that are expanding the cells and selling them at huge numbers. So it sounds like they're giving you a lot. They will say, oh, one sees you have 30 million cells. You know, we have, you know, 25 million cells. It sounds great. But how many of those are still stem cells because they have gone through the expansion process? Because I can tell you, it's practically impossible to get more than 2 million cells per cc if you do not expand them. But of course, when you grow money on trees or grow cells on trees, uh, then they can just keep multiplying them. They can squeeze a lot of cells into one cc. So yeah, that's something that's that's just important to keep in mind. You know, what kind of cells are you getting? Sounds like you're getting a lot of cells, but are they actually the native cells that haven't been expanded? Yeah. Thank you so much, because that was something that was new information for me. So where is the source of the stem cells? birth tissue derived or, you know, bone marrow or fat. And then the second thing to look at is what percentage is actually mesenchymal stem cells. What percentage is the MSC? And the third thing to look at is are they truly native stem cells or have they been expanded? When they say how many million cells per cc, ask the company, is this the native stem cell line from the original source or is this something that has been expanded? These are three tools, questions you can ask when you're looking for your source. Now, something, thank you so much for extending the explanation of that because again, when I was in medical school, we just didn't have access. I, I didn't learn that information until recently. So it's okay if you highly educated people out there or you people in YouTube University who are you know avid learners, if, if you didn't learn about this until now, it's okay. It's very new information and I'm sure that we're gonna keep learning more. And kind of the next question, to that end, if you did want to learn more, if you're a physician out there and so we've kind of explained to you what kind of stem cells to look for, this is all, you know, and why to look for them, you know, how much healing capacity they have and how much ability they have to calm down inflammation and treat those chronic conditions that instead of us just throwing drugs and pharmaceutical sources of, you know, potential alleviation of symptoms at them, we can possibly address the underlying cause of inflammation now, the next component that was for me a big question was, how do I give patients stem cells? I know what product I want to use. I know, you know, why I want to use them and what they can potentially do for my patients. Now, as far as for how can I give these to my patients, what kind of things and educational opportunities do you offer for other people out there who would like to learn I think one of the problems right you know currently with stem cell field is that a lot of doctors understand the potential power of healing from the stem cells but they don't know enough of how to do it and you know what are the products about and um, so they're actually getting most of their knowledge from reps from these tissue labs you know tissue banks um, stem cell 
companies. Uh, that's unfortunate because the, the reps are not medical people. I mean, maybe a few of them are, but mostly, you know, they are, you know, they're reps. They're, they're you know, they're salespeople that learned a little bit about the science and they are trying to educate the doctors on what stem cells are and how to perform the treatment. And that's just not adequate because um, if you look at my YouTube video, five common mistakes that doctors make in stem cell therapy, you will see some of the common things that are just not wrong. And I've talked with very experienced reps for companies who have done this for you know eight, nine years. And when the person told me what he was telling doctor to, to use, and it's completely wrong. And here's somebody that's very confident about their own capabilities of how to guide doctors because they are the experts. These reps are the experts in stem cell therapy. They are telling doctors what to do. So the doctors are following it from a device of somebody that have really no medical background. So, so to kind of fill that void, I started this academy called American Academy of uh, Integrative Cell Therapy, so AAICT. So anyone wants to go on the website is aaict.org. And on the website, you will see all kinds of uh, case study, actually case studies, but some clinical excerpts um, of, you know, a few selected articles. But what's really important, I think, for providers is that they actually are going to educate themselves on what stem cells are and what they can do, the differences between different sources, and the clinical studies showing in what diseases that they have been helpful for, just to see what kind of the what kind of evidence is out there, right? Um, a lot of times they have, you know, they have no idea. Their patients may be suffering and they didn't know that's something that stem cells can help. Um, just like I've, you know, done in-person training. So now I have the training course online, but when I was doing it in person, I would have doctors who are listening to me, you know, giving the lecture. So my staff were the people that were in the background and I was just busy talking and teaching. Um, but they were telling me the doctors were making all kinds of sounds. They were like, "Woo, wow. So they are basically light bulb was going off and they realized, oh, oh my God, I can help this condition too. What about that patient? So all of a sudden things start to turn, you know, in their head. But if you don't see, look at the evidence, you have no idea, you know, what, what, you know, what has the world shown? What has the scientific community, you know, trying you know, done, you know, all around the world. So the course, the academy course is going to teach you all the fundamental knowledges and it's going to give you protocols of how to do the treatment, right? The pre and post treatment recommendations. And, and it's, you know, we're, you know, I'm not talking a whole lot about policies, but I'm going to give you all the FDA policies, guidelines, and, um, and, um, and a ton of published articles. So these are the articles I've collected because I really wanted to, you know, talk about being a nerd and geek. I wanted to understand what I'm, what am I doing? You know, what are these cells? What, where do they come from? What do you mean mesenchymal stem cells? So is mesoderm layer? What about the other two, ectoderm, endoderm? Like what, what are we doing? Why are we picking this derm layer? So things that are in my head that I had to understand, I had to have them answered before I can start talking to patients and injecting these into patients' bodies. And so, so I started to just read articles after articles because there's no traditional education. There's yeah. no, um, you know, existing, existing, you know, textbooks. So you have to kind of 
make up your own by looking at what has been published. So within published articles, they will teach you. You know, they will give you the background, the history, and then they will tell you, you know, the you know the nitty gritties of how things work and why and and what they did to derive a certain conclusions. So you want to understand. So as a doctor, you know, you don't need to understand every article, but at least get the gist. Get the gist of what has been published and what might be the mechanism of how the cells work, right? There's still misconception. People think, oh, you know, don't you need cells that can differentiate into that tissue, you know, particular tissue cells? No, you don't, because you're if you're using mesenchymal stem cells, one of the benefits is that it has the capability to tell your own cells, your own stem cells in that tissue to start differentiating. So it doesn't need to become that cells, you know, to take all the steps to become a liver cell or become a heart muscle cell. It can just tell the heart mu muscle stem cells to, hey, you know, it's your turn to start to make yourself into a muscle cell. So just, you know, into a heart muscle cell. So, um, you know, you need to understand, you know, why things are happening. You know, I can't tell you how many doctors still are having the misconception. I've heard a, a doctor at a conference he still thinks that you can only regenerate an organ using stem cells from that organ. That is ludicrous. And it doesn't even, it's not supported by the literature. Yeah, so, so you need to educate yourself and not buy into hypes. So what I focus on in all my lectures and in, in the training program is evidence. It's all about showing you what has been studied and what are the results, right? I'm not going to give you my conjectures. I'm not interested in my own conjectures. I'm interested in what has been shown and, you know, what are the mechanisms that we have discovered and why these cells work. And then because of these mechanisms, in what conditions that we can actually utilize these mechanisms to heal, you know, diseases. So the training course, I think, is a powerful tool to get people in the door, at least have the fundamental knowledge and have the fundamental techniques. With, you know, completing the course, you will always have my support as well. I will help you along the way. Um, but if somebody wants very extensive training, they can always come to my clinic and I'll show them exactly how to do procedures and talk about, you know, various aspects of a stem cell practice, right? There are that many extensive, it's one more step up. So there's the course is one option for education. And if you want to get even more engaged in learning this mentorship program that Dr. Kong is pioneering, very specifically, will take the knowledge and the clinical data and the protocols that she has done all this research on and been a part of implementing and she will walk you through the process and help train you and help teach you and make sure you understand, you know, how to actually give these stem cells. Like, what do you do? What is the step-by-step -step process in the procedure? And that is, I think, one of mm -hmm. the biggest benefits. Right. So either in office training, so we're talking about three steps. You write, One is the course. If you want one step further, you can come to the office for training. If you want one further step, then you can get into the mentorship program where not only we're going to talk about protocols and treatments, but I'm also going to help you with the practical aspects of having a practice, right? What can you do, you know, as far as even the business aspect of, 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 of uh, stem cell therapy? So, um, you know, because you need to find patients that you can help, right? 
So, you know, how are you going to reach these, these people? Like, I've seen doctors who are, you know, just sitting there waiting for patients. And, um, you know, if you have a great tool and you can't let people know that you have it, and that's no good, right? I've seen that happening. So there ha you have to have the skills to actually get people to know what you're offering and get them in the door. So I can help you with that aspect as well. And so with the mentorship program, you also get a stem cell uh, treatment for yourself or somebody you choose. So that's all con you know, uh, part of the program. So far, the practitioners that chose the mentorship, they, they found you know, great value and they're all you know, very, very happy. And it's, it's great because if I can teach, you know, if I can teach many practitioners to do this, then, then I'm, you know, I, I can do, I can reach a lot more patients than I would, you know, by, uh, you know, working my ass off in the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. Thank you so much for all of that information. I just remember when I was trying to, you know, figure out what are stem cells and how do they work and what type of stem cells should I use and what can they do for patients and how do I actually, once I pick some stem cells, how do I do it? All of those pieces of the puzzle and all of those components that if anybody is out there trying to be a proactive learner and teach themselves and learn more about what new advances in medicine exist, this is how to do okay. it. And I'm so grateful. And you took the course. Right? Yes, I took the course. <laughs> I, I took the course and I'm a lifelong learner. I like to keep learning because, you know, we're always learning. I took the course. I have also been, you know, I just on a personal note, I also, Dr. Kong is my personal hero. I had surgery about a year ago and I had some complications. I ended up uh, having a condition where after some surgery on my nose and throat area that should have had me in recovery minimum five weeks. I was very fortunate to receive stem cells and exosomes from the Chara Biologics, thank thankfully due to a generous benefactor. And I had those on post-op day three after I'd had a surgery that had some complications and I ended up hospitalized. And post-operative day three, I had stem cells and exosomes and five days after my surgery that should have put me down for five weeks, five days after that, I was in the gym. One week after that, I was swallowing solid food. Imagine if you or your loved ones or your patients have a surgical procedure that should knock them out for five weeks. That is life-changing, and that can be a stress on people's jobs, on their families, on their home life, on so many things. Imagine if instead of being down for five weeks, imagine if they're down for five days and you have the opportunity to learn how to do that and give that gift of healing to your patients. And not only that, you can have someone teach you and walk you through it and hold your hand in the beginning and make sure that you understand what's going on, you understand the protocols, and you know the product and you know how safe it is to use. So yeah. So just to you know to clarify, you know, as far as the, the practitioners that come to train with me, so um, we do send able to to send stem cell products out to MDs, DOs, ND, so naturopathic doctor, where they're licensed to inject. You know, in, in different state have different regulations and nurse practitioners. So these are the 
the four types of, of practitioners that we're able to send products to. And, um, and I welcome, you know, any of you to, to come and train with me and really getting on this incredible wagon to, you know, to the future. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, we, we've got a treat ahead. Um, you know, all the struggles, all the suppression of these new <laughs> therapies. Uh, at one point, you know, in the future, it would just all be, you know, people would just maybe laugh at it. And they're like, wow, why are they trying to suppress this? Why, why are they trying to make it so difficult? It's so natural. It's just, it just, of course, it's part of life. It's, you give some cells. You regenerate the body. You, you know, you use your own, you know, early intelligence. That's like big deal. It should be no big deal. One day it will be so commonplace. Uh, it will be. It, it will, common as antibiotics. Yeah, it will be. One you day know, powerful. It will be. So yeah, before you go to surgery, instead of taking antibiotics, right, take some stem cells. Then you're gonna heal twice, three times, maybe even even more as fast. You know, in her case, you know, 10 times as fast. Um, so I was very, very grateful. And that is what got me to where I am today. And that is why I want to make sure that all of you out there, if you're curious, hopefully you don't have to have the surgical experience that I did. However, I do invite you to consider joining this healing journey and being able to educate yourself in how you can be a part of giving this gift of healing to people like you, to people who you care about, and to your patients. Okay, well, I think that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you so much, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed the content. And if so, please rate and follow this podcast. To reach me, you can contact Uplift Longevity Center that is Uplift with a Y. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Joy Kong MD. See you next time.